Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guests by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome. This is Marnie Sundberg and I'm excited to have you back with us for another episode of Marnie's Friends and today we're going to be talking to speakers on a topic we're calling Get Picked, some tips, tricks, and tools for creating irresistible Speaker proposals, and our guest today is Aurora Gregory. During the next hour, you're going to discover how to be sure your topics are hot topics every time, how to uncover the strategy to aligning your topic with your goal, the five things you must do to create an irresistible speaker proposal, ideas on where to find speaking gigs that will put you in front of audiences that are anxious to hear from you, insights into the difference between fear and nerves when it comes to public speaking and how to conquer both, how to use non-traditional speaking opportunities to get an audience for your message anytime you want, creative ways to repurpose your speaker content to promote your book or business, and what you can do to become a better speaker. Our guest today is Aurora Gregory. She's an author, marketing educator, and business coach who teaches entrepreneurs to master marketing strategies and techniques so they can build meaningful relationships and customers and grow their businesses. And her website is auroragregory.com. Welcome to you, Aurora. Thank you so much for having me, Marty. Well, it's great to have you here. And this is a topic that we don't oftentimes talk about is the actual speaker proposal. So we have a lot of shows that we do on speaker training um, throughout the years. But um, speaker proposals are a little bit of a different, um, a different animal. And a lot of the gals that I work with don't hardly ever need to do a speaker proposal because the speaking engagement comes to them and they didn't need to fill out that form in advance. So let's go ahead first and just kind of define what a speaker proposal is and like when a person would use one. Well, a speaker proposal can be something that's very formal. Let's say that you are um, wanting to speak at a particular conference or um, an event, and they're having um, what's called a call for speakers. This is where they open up the an opportunity for people who would like to speak to submit a proposal to speak at their conference. And they receive all of the proposals, and then they go through an evaluation uh, period, and they and they pick speakers. Um, that's one per, one type of way, or one particular way that you would need a speaker proposal and a good one, because that's very much a competition. You've got lots of people submitting to to speak at an event. But the other time that you would use a speaker proposal is when you are pitching yourself as a speaker to, say, um, a community group, a business meetup group, um, someplace that you would like to get in front of, and you need to be able to send them something to propose to them what it is that you would like to speak to them about and why. And so that's why having a speaker proposal or a couple of them uh, ready to go in your computer hard drive, something that's already framed out, that um, to having those ready to go can be really helpful when you you know kind of get a tip of oh I think I'd like to speak to that group, or this conference is having uh, a call for speakers. Let me pull my materials out and get that sent in, and you can do it really efficiently. Cool. And how do you differentiate between like a speaker one sheet and a speaker proposal? So a speaker one sheet kind of summarizes all of the things that are about you. Um, it talks about a little bit about your experience. It'll probably have a list of the different topics that you can talk about. It would have um, probably some uh, kudos statements or some testimonial statements from audience members from maybe some of your past um, speaking engagements. Those are, this is that that one sheet is really kind of all about you. A proposal, the speaker proposal, is really about your specific presentation. It's about it's a little bit more depth about your a particular speech that you give or that you would like to give to a particular group. It outlines um, what the topic's about, why it's important to that audience, what the audience will learn or hear or be able to do as a result of listening to you. 
And that's a little bit different than having your one sheet. Your one sheet is really kind of selling you as a speaker. Your proposal sells the actual speech. Beautiful. That was so clearly defined. Thank you so much for that. And we want to dive in right into the content today because you've got such great stuff to share with us. And one of the things that you wanted to start talking about right off the bat here was the topic, was selecting topics or how to have hot topics every time. And this one's pretty big. I just did a, you know, I just did a um, consulting call with somebody recently who, who was working with a great topic but um, hadn't changed it for several years even the title of it. And th this is one of the keys to staying current, to staying relevant, is to, to make sure that your topics are hot, that they are relevant and current. So why don't you talk to us about some ways that we can um, go about making sure that what we're sharing is going to hit the mark. Absolutely. And this is something I'm really passionate about because um, your topic is everything. It's, it's the starting point of, of, of your speech. And I work with um, lots of different you know, clients. I've worked with a lot of corporate clients. And there's nothing worse than you know, having them come to me and say, well, we've got this topic, and then they share it with you, and it's like, oh, it's just such a you know, kind of, I mean, for lack of a better way to put it, it's just kind of a loser. And so I always love to say the first rule of public speaking is thou shall not be boring. You can't be boring. Your topic <laughs> has to be really a hot one. So some of the things to think about, some ways to kind of, um, you know, filter or some questions to ask about your topic are things like this. Um, what are some topic areas or some issues that keep you or your potential audience or your peers, what keeps you up at night? What are the nagging problems or, or challenges in your business or in, in, your business, in, the, in your business, in your industry that really, you know, just are just ongoing? They, they just, people struggle to solve them. Um, what's kind of the latest news? What's everyone talking about? What's the, what's the current event in your space that, um, that everyone is kind of chatting about and having water cooler conversation about? Um, that's, a, that's a hot topic. Um, oftentimes there are things that are new or innovative. You know, in this digital world that we're in, there's always some new um, digital application, some new way to do something that we've always done. Um, that's, that's a hot topic. You, uh, very often when things are new um, or innovation kind of comes onto the scene, a lot of us can get a little bit nervous, like, oh, you know, what's that? And how does that work? And why do I need that? You can build a great speech, a great discussion around some of the new and innovative things that are taking place in your space. As a kind of a 180 to that, what's controversial? Um, what are some of the, you know, the topics that kind of divide people a little bit? Um, it, if you're in a particular industry that, say, has a lot of regulation to it, um, you may have some very interesting perspectives on those regulatory affairs. Um, there may be some changes maybe, let's say, in your governing body um, that you have a particular point that you'd like to make. Um, anything controversial can be um, a hot topic. And then one of my favorite ones is what's successful? What's working? Um, what have you done that made you look like a rock star to um, your clients and customers that you can share with your peers or maybe perhaps in your workplace? And you can share that with, um, with a conference audience. Um, everyone loves a winner. Everybody loves a success story. So a good success story, a way that maybe you solved that nagging problem um, is also a great way to kind of hone in on a hot topic. Hmm. Well, those are really great. And I know that as you're listening now out there, you're thinking, boy, you know, all these don't relate to me. But that doesn't matter. If one relates to you, that's enough to come up with a hot topic. <laughs> so you don't have to try true. to hit all of them, you know. <laughs> yes. Not all of these, are not there, that's not a checklist. It's a way for you to be able right. to, you know, kind of hone in on one of these. Does, does the topic I want to discuss you know, kind of hit the nail on the head of, of one of these? Is it something that keeps people up at night? Or is, is this what everybody's talking about? It might not be controversial. It may not involve a success story at all, but it's the big news of the day, and that makes it interesting. So you want to just look at these as a little bit of a filter as opposed to a checklist. How am I, as, I, as I'm thinking about my topic, does it kind of tick off any of these? so that I can feel very confident that what I'm taking to, what I'm proposing to speak about is interesting. 
Yeah, I love it. Another way with the social media has become such a handy tool for all of this also is to recognize what the people in your sphere, like the people who would be in your audience, those of them that are connected with you in a social media setting, what are the articles or information that they're sharing right now? If they're sharing all about, um, you know, you can't multitask anymore or whatever, you know, what, what are they sharing about right now? Because that's an that's a insight into what, uh, what's, again, the hot topic that's out there. And if you can address that and go there, that helps a lot too. You have actually some strategies that will help um, us to align our topics with our goals. So maybe before you dive into the strategies, maybe talk about why the topic should be aligned to goals. Right. So, you know, when you get in front of and up in front of an audience, um, and just to you know take a step back, why I love public speaking as a as a marketing strategy, as a marketing tool, is is really because you can network with folks from a stage um, in mass. You you can if you've got an audience of you know fifty. 60, you know, sometimes more um, people in an audience, you get to, from the stage, share all of your expertise, your knowledge, the confidence you have in, in, in the topic that you're speaking about. Um, you get to share all of that from the stage. You would never be able to do that at just kind of a, you know, chamber of commerce mixer. You couldn't meet 60 people and tell them all about what you know um, from, you know, it, it, meeting them one-on-one. So, the reason that you want to make sure that your topic aligns with some of your business goals is because in that audience are going to be prospective customers. They may be current customers that are just, you know, want to feel good about the person that they selected. They want to feel good about like, oh, that I work with her. I, I, I should, you know, he's my guy. And so what you want to make sure that they align with that because what you're really doing is marketing your business, your expertise, um, the knowledge that you have to bring the potentially the product or service if your um, proposal, your speech can lend itself well to naturally talking about the things that you do. You want to be able to do that from the stage. You want people to, to, to remember, oh, I heard him at that last chamber event. Yep, I, I think I need something like that. Let me, let me give him a call. I really liked him. Um, that's the reason why you want to make sure that those things align. So as you're evaluating your topics, there might be tops, at times there are topics that you're, that you're interested in, that you're excited about, but that don't necessarily lend themselves to you being able to talk about what you do and how you can help someone solve a problem, be more efficient, um, move their business to the next level. You want to make sure that your speech not only does something for the audience, but that it does something for you too. I'm thinking about so many of the speakers that are listening today um, don't have, you guys don't have businesses that you're trying to support. You're just going to Christian women's conferences and events and you're actually, I, I call it God's creative marketing plan <laughs> because I think he's like the best, most creative marketer out there. He taught everybody everything we know about marketing. And uh, so, you know, the sunrises and the sunsets are a perfect illustration of his marketing plan. You know, every single day, morning and night, we're thinking, wow, Absolutely. somebody did that for me. You know, so when we're up there and sometimes you guys are like, well, I don't have a business I want to promote, you know, but the reality is you're promoting, you're promoting Jesus Christ. You're promoting that personal relationship with God or freedom in Christ. And so you actually truly are promoting something. And it's not the same as a business. It's better, maybe more important. And so just continue to listen with that kind of framework. If you're not promoting a business or a book or anything like that, just listen with that framework in mind that you are actually a representative of God standing on a platform. And you do have this, like you said, Aurora, this amazing opportunity to tell about him to many people at once versus a conversation one-on-one -on -one next to someone in a bus or a plane. So, well, so going forward with that then, yeah. Oh, I, I just wanted to mention that, you know, just from a ministry perspective, you know, all of us have been given something from the Lord. You know, he's, if you're a speaker and you feel the Lord has called you to be a speaker, um, a ministry leader, um, a teacher, um, he's given you a particular message, and it's for a particular audience. Um, and it's important to always keep that in mind if you're, you know, pitching yourself as a as a conference speaker or a, a women's event speaker. Um, 
but you can use some of these same types of, of, of tools to make sure that you frame your message in its very best possible light because your goal is to be able to share that message with as many people as the Lord will give you opportunity. And so using these marketing tools, um, these kind of tools around public speaking, I think will help you have a little bit more confidence that you're putting your very best forward so that that message gets out to the audience that he has in mind for you to share with. Oh, I love that. Well, this is Marnie. We're visiting today with Aurora Gregory of auroragregory.com. We're going to come right back and talk about the five things you must do to create an irresistible speaker proposal. We'll be right back. Women's ministry leaders across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Women'sEvents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at Women'sEvents.info. That's www.Women'sEvents.info. Welcome back. This is Marty, and we're visiting today with Aurora Gregory of auroragregory.com, talking about how to get picked. Tips, tricks, <laughs> tips, tips, tricks, and tools for creating irresistible speaker proposals. Aurora, we were talking right before the break about how to uncover the strategy to aligning your topic with your goals. Did you have anything else to complete that thought, or were we done there? You know, I think um, I think we've kind of uh, you know kind of mastered that, but I do want to just encourage everyone to you know think about the message that you have, and then creating the the the, the written discussion, the proposal, that email, even your one sheet, making sure that it, that everything kind of aligns together. It, in today's digital world, and with every kind of marketer that's out there, you can feel very easily be pulled in different directions because they're you're you're being encouraged to to look at this or that because it's what you should do. Using air quotes here, what you should do, but the one thing that you've got to be sure as a speaker is that what you're putting together, what you're proposing, aligns with the message that you want to share, whether that's a business message, a ministry message, whatever the message is, make sure that those two things connect. Because if not, it will make it really uncomfortable for you to try to make it fit when you finally do get on a stage. Yeah, there's a there's going to be if you don't, there's going to be an integrity issue. If you try to stretch your area of expertise too far, you're going to have an integrity issue when you get up in front, and you're going to have way unnecessary nerves as well as just uh, you're not going to you're not going to have as much fun. You're not going to be able to relax it like you would if it's something that's very congruent with who you are, where God's brought you. All of those things are important, and that kind of takes us um, into our next. Yeah, we're going to talk about five things that you need to do to create an irresistible speaker proposal. And you guys, if you have not yet grabbed a pen and pencil or a pen and paper or a notepad on your phone or whatever, now is the time. Okay, Aurora, take it away. There are um, five things that I love to encourage people to do when they kind of get it, when they're putting that speaker proposal together. And these five things have come out of probably 15 years of working on speaker proposals for lots of different audiences. And so I, I, these are things that I just know if you can find some great points on each one of these, you're going to go a long way to having something that's really going to work for you. So the first one we've, we've already covered, that's starting with a hot topic. Make sure that you've got a topic that is going to really resonate with the audience that you want to reach. The second one is to create a great title. Um, the title is, is kind of the, the introduction of your speech. I like to say that the speech starts at the title. When you're proposing something to, um, to a ministry, to a church, a women's conference, or some other you know, gathering, um, you want them to immediately feel like, oh, wow, this, that's interesting, or, or that's a fun title. Um, the title is that first impression for your presentation. Um, I, I love to share um, you know, sample titles, and so I just want to share one in particular. This happens to be about um, an educational conference, but you'll, you'll, find, you'll see how fun and interesting this one was. Um, this was the, the original title of the session was this, Educational Teaching Techniques for the Modern Classroom. This was for an education conference. But we, the, the speaker reworked the title, and this is what she came up with. How I Cured Nose Picking with Duct Tape and Other Crazy Ideas That Improved Learning. 
Now, if, mm, yeah. if, if your interest is not picked with how she cured nose picking with duct tape, <laughs> I don't know what else will. Now, that's a great one, and not all of us can rise to that level of, of creativity and clever. But make your title interesting. Feel very comfortable using a turn of a phrase. Um, if you have a great sense of humor, let that come in to your title. That's the first impression that your speech makes. So make that little, those little few words, that little piece of copy, make it count. The other thing that you want to do, the next point um, that you want to try to accomplish in your speaker proposal is you want to tell a good story. Um, everyone loves a story. And not everything necessarily lends itself naturally to the idea of storytelling, but you can you can configure your material to to meet the 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 basic premise of a story, which is having a beginning, a middle, and an end. What is the starting point for this presentation? Where does your audience find itself? Where is your presentation going to take them? How will you, what tools will you share with them? What insights will you give them? And then at the end, where will they arrive? How, what will they be able to do? What will they have learned? How will they be encouraged? That's the whole process of story. So tell a good story in your proposal. And then as you're doing and filling, as you're wanting to fill in the kind of the gaps and the pieces, you want to draw your reader in. You want to take your readers on a little bit of a journey. Tell them a little bit about yourself. What are some of the, the, the interesting points of your journey that took you from your beginning, middle, and an end? Um, you want to be able to include those to kind of deepen the discussion of, um, of your speaker proposal and really kind of paint the picture for either that women's ministry director or some conference organizer of what it is that you're going to bring to this audience that that says to them, oh, we've got to have this one on our agenda. And then the last part is kind of creating um, some success points. Um, once your audience has arrived at a certain point or once you arrived at a certain point, what are the success points that they're going to be able to launch into? They'll now be able to do this. You're going to teach them how you were able to do that. Launch into those success points because, again, Everybody loves to feel confident. Everybody loves to achieve some success, to kind of take themselves from a point A to a point B and have it be um, an upgrade from where they are right now. So feel very comfortable and confident in doing that. If you can accomplish those five things, having a great topic, an awesome title that really just sells it, um, telling a good story with some deeper details that draw your reader in, and then kind of communicating some, some success arrival point, you will have the makings of a great proposal. With some wordsmithing, I really believe that this is the thing that will, will help you kind of pitch your speaking uh, topic to conferences much more successfully. Oh, that's so great. Aurora, in your file, uh, how long is your typical proposal? Is it one side of one sheet of paper? Is it three pages? How long do you go? You know, some conferences, if you're applying you know, to a formal conference, they'll have their call for speakers, and they will give you word limits. Um, I've seen word limits um, as low as 100 words, and I've seen them as high as 300 words. Um, sometimes they'll give you a word count or word limits for the title. I've seen um, as little as seven words and as high as 15 words. So if you have those word count restrictions, then if you're and you're applying for a conference that has those kinds of rules, your goal is to follow those rules, give them exactly what they're asking for. If you're pitching yourself proactively, you're you're wanting to offer yourself as a speaker to to say a church group. Um, what I would suggest is that you use 250 words. That should be plenty to describe the session, um, give some, give highlight points of what will be shared during your time with the audience, um, to go through kind of these, you know, especially the 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 story and the and the journey and the success points. That should give you plenty of words to be able to give something. You shouldn't. What what I think some of us are tempted to do. Is to, is to summarize our entire speech in the proposal, and that's not what you want to do. The other things that need to go in your proposal, especially if you're doing this proactively, is a, um, a, a little bit of a longer bio so that they can get to know you. 
Um, you want to have uh, any kind of um, uh, testimonial statements. Um, these are things that you would probably pick off your one sheet. Um, those types of things will help you. And then, of course, all of your contact information, um, past speaking experience, those are things that will will help to kind of uh, build confidence in the person who's reading it that this is a speaker that they should seriously consider. That's awesome. And if I were going to uh, send this out to an event planner I met or maybe I spoke to her, spoke for her group uh, six years ago and I decided I just wanted to reach out and I have a new topic that I just love and I think would be right for her, what kind of, um, what kind of an email would you, would you cover that with? You know, that's a that's a really great question. Um, it, it's always great to go back and kind of refresh your network and, and uh, revisit, you know, places that you've spoken in the past. And I would always start with, um, um, you know, something that, that, that communicates that I, I remember so fondly being with your audience before. I enjoyed my time uh, with your group so much um, that you, that you hope they're doing well and that you hope they remember you. And, that time was so sweet. I'd love to share with you some of the newer topics that I'm talking about. And here is a here's a, a new message that I have, and I would love the opportunity to bring it to your audience once again, so we could enjoy, um, you know, some fellowship around it. Uh, I, I would start with that, and then kind of go into yeah. your proposal, and then close out with, you know, with something that uh, that indicates how you're going to follow up. Mm-hmm. That's so great. I love that. And I wanted to go back just a little bit on these. Um, number one was a t- topic, and number two was a great title. You said, you know, to have it be something that they just say, wow, that's interesting, or that's fun, or whatever. Another phrase that you're going for is, I need that. So mm-hmm. when someone reads your title or hears your title, like those of you who are listening today live, um, you took time out of today <laughs> to come, either because you always come, which thank you very much for that, or because this title actually grabbed you and you were like, I have got to hear about this. And so when you're thinking about your titles, you want to select a title that is so compelling or descriptive that the person who needs the information will immediately recognize that it's for them. And I think a lot of a lot is lost in titles when they get too um, cutesy or uh, address that just for a moment, Aurora. Sure. I mean, your title can sometimes be so broad that it doesn't say anything at all. And that's, I think, our fear is not appealing to enough people, so we create a really broad title that really doesn't connect with anyone. There's a, you know, a saying in marketing that if your product is for everyone, then it's not for anyone. You've got to know and be, have a lot of clarity around who is this audience, who am I trying to reach, what, what you know, flip around and sit in his or her chair um, what would I want to hear? What would what would pique my interest? And so you got to be careful that your title isn't too broad. But then you have to also be careful that your title is um, has so many words and is and and has that it's almost a you know it's almost a two sentence title that it's too it's got too much in it. it's too much of a mouthful, and it just kind of makes someone eyes someone's eyes glaze over. It's like, okay, well. I feel like I know what the whole speech is just from the title. I guess I just don't need to hear it. <laughs> You're trying to strike that balance. You're trying to strike um, a point of interest. You're trying to pique someone's interest and say, I, you know, I need that or what is that? You know, tell me more about that. I want to Now I want to read these 250 words um, because I need to know more about what that is. Um, th- those are the types of things that you're doing with the title. And, you know, I always tell people, you know, a title is, you know, it's going to be somewhere between 7 and 15 words. It's not a lot of words, but they can be some of the hardest words to write. So give yourself time. Give yourself that brainstorming time. Write out a bunch of different titles. Just sit with a piece of paper or at your keyboard and just, you know, just create titles. Just brainstorm it. And, and you'll see the words start to come together. And you may grab a piece of one and then the, the second part of another, and it all kind of comes together. And if you can't narrow it down to one, you know, get, get, get two or three that you like and, you know, get some friends to look at them. Get some, of, some ministry leaders to look at them and, and let them give you feedback on it. Um, so often I think we feel like we have to have all the answers and that we have to absolutely know. And that's not always 
that's not always the case. Sometimes it's really helpful to get feedback from folks that could potentially be, you know, in your audience. What do you think of this? Of these titles, which one would you be most interested in hearing about? Um, So that you can get that feedback and feel a little bit more confident about what you're sending out. Oh, absolutely. And I always say God loves to work with body life. He just loves it when we don't just keep it all to ourselves and try to do the whole project from start to finish without any external input. He really created our brothers and sisters around us to help us to be all that he created us to be. And so the more that we learn to um, pull them in, especially during the brainstorming and creative ideas, and then again at the editing points to make sure that it's clear and that it's all everything's perfect about the punctuation and all that kind of stuff. Uh, You can't go wrong by pulling in some people who you trust to help you at those stages. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with our guest, Aurora Gregory, on how to get picked, tips, tricks, and tools for creating irresistible speaker proposals. We're going to come right back and talk about some ideas on where to find speaking gigs and also insights into the difference between fear and nerves when it comes to public speaking and how to conquer both. We'll be right back. Do you ever need a guest speaker? Or maybe you're a speaker who's available to go. Check out womenspeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world since 2002. Connecting thousands of planners with over 1,300 speakers, speakers are available to you from every state, denomination, experience level, and fee range. You simply search when you have time, anytime, day or night, and connect directly with the speakers that interest you. No middlemen, no hidden fees. It's all simple, easy, enjoyable, and online. Check it out today at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. And welcome back. We're visiting today with Aurora Gregory, and her website is auroragregory.com. Thanks for being here, Aurora. Let's talk about some ideas on where to find speaking gigs that will put you in front of audiences that are anxious to hear from you. You know, I think that's probably the question that I get most often is, you know, where do you, where do you find speaking gigs? How do, you, um, how do you go about researching that? And there's, there's two ways for me that to me are, are the most effective. One is personal networking. One of the things that I think a lot of us have a hard time doing, and I, I think those of us um, in, in our Christian faith, we kind of struggle with um, being able to kind of put ourselves out there and balancing that with humility. And so when we feel like we might not be have the humility part right, we tend to be quiet about what we're available to do. And so, you know, prayerfully, it's important to, you know, be comfortable kind of letting the world know, letting your community know that you're available to speak, that you are doing speaking, that you are a Bible teacher, that you are a ministry speaker, and that you're available. Um, most of us have friends and connections that are in other churches, other um, you know, communities of faith that are, are, are looking for speakers. And so you want to you know, make it known. Um, I would encourage you um, as you attend um, speaking events, or you go, you attend conferences, um, that, to make connections, to network while you're there. Um, it, it, it get yourself an introduction to the ministry director at a particular church. Have coffee with people. Um, I, I was having this kind of a back and forth um, in a Facebook group with someone recently about um, he, this is a, a gentleman who is speaking, uh, wants very much to begin speaking on father on issues related to fathers. And he was wanting to, you know, understand, like, how do I get in touch with churches that would be interested in having me speak to their men's groups? And said, you know, as, as a church body, we're relational. You know, we're a family. And we like to feel comfortable about who we bring into our churches to speak to our sheep. I think pastors really have a, a strong heart for that. So get to know people. Network effectively in the, in the areas that you want to be able to go out and speak in. That's especially locally. You can do that. The other thing is we have this great tool called Google, and you would be amazed at how you can find tool information about open speaking opportunities on Google. You have to be thoughtful about your search terms, um, your locations. Throw all the terms that you would want. I'm looking to speak at uh, Christian women's events in Indianapolis in 2018. Put that in as a search term, and you will see things that come up that you will be able to source 
find information about. You'll be able to uh, get connected with whoever the event planner is. Sometimes it's a pastor's wife. Sometimes it's a ministry director. But you need to be able to do that. And again, to give yourself that opportunity to build um, to build a network of people that you can keep informed about your speaking and what you're doing. The other thing that um, I love for us to be able to consider is to, you know, where can we go that's um, in some sense in the world, but where we can take the message that God has given us to give. So I have a, um, a wonderful friend. He runs a ministry that supports children in Thailand um, that are trying to go to school. They're impoverished children in Thailand. And he gives a speech called Entrepreneurial Justice. And he talks about how important it is to build your business, but to have some heart for those that have less than we do in other parts of the world. And he takes his speech to places like the Chamber of Commerce in his community, the Rotary Club. Is there a way to frame your message in a way that makes sense for a non-church audience, but that brings that gospel message to them in a way that makes sense? Don't be afraid to do that. Um, so often we you know, feel like we can't or shouldn't. This is our group and this is the way we should go. And that might be true for you. But if there's a way to bring your message, to bring that gospel message to an audience that maybe otherwise wouldn't have a chance to hear it, don't be afraid to do that either. Look at untraditional ways, audiences, to bring your message to. I think that's super important to be able to do that. Mm. I love that, and I know for sure what I teach um, on this one, what I encourage you to do is when you go in, just remember that you're under the authority of the person who brought you in. And so if they have a very clear policy against um, speaking of God or Jesus Christ in their workplace or in their uh, sessions, you do not need to mention God or Jesus Christ. Believe me, people can see him <laughs> in you. Yes, so, you're absolutely uh, it's right. It's amazing. Uh, you know, I've spoken so many times that afterwards people are come up, you know, and I can see that you're a Christian, you know, and yes. you don't say it. And so you're teaching biblical principles, and that is that is what you're there to do. You're not there to uh, pretend you're in a church building. You're there to actually reach beyond those walls. And so I, I love what you're saying, and I just agree that there's so many things that, that you guys have to share in your hearts and in your areas of expertise that can cross over. And that's why I call it a crossover ministry where you have both this message that's for gals in the church as well as you have this message for the community. And whether it's, uh, you know, a group of young moms that get together or whether it's a group of writers who are at a writers, um, in a writer's club and you know how to, you know, you've had many articles published. Maybe they've all been published in Christian, you know, magazines. It doesn't matter. They want to hear from you. Uh, so there's all these places that you can look if you open your eyes it's a little bit broader than maybe just, I'm looking to speak at one of the major women's conferences this year. You know, just where else where else can you uh, look to to present your message that you have in your heart? It's All so right. true. We're going we're gonna to move on and talk a little bit about fear and nerves. And um, it's kind of an interesting thing that you wanted to talk about this because we're talking about uh, speaker proposal and all that. So why did you think to add this particular topic to this list of things you wanted to share with us today? Well, I, I I wanted to add this and to bring this up as a as a point for us to cover because so often you know we we all know people that say, oh I'm I'm terrified of public speaking. Um, you know they they said that you know there's a there's lots of statistics out there that talk about the fact that number that the number one fear most people have is the fear of public speaking. And I know when I go out um, to speak about public speaking and people will come up to me before or after and they say, like, oh, I, I just can't do it. I'm just, I'm just too afraid. And one of the things that I've learned in working with speakers and, and training speakers is that there is a huge difference between fear and nerves. And if you're listening to this and you struggle with fear or nerves – or if you're listening to this and you think, gosh, I'd really love to be a speaker. I, I know I've got this message, but I just can't. I'm just too afraid. It, yeah. I think it's important to understand the difference. So fear is, is something that we experience when we're um, not sure what is going to happen. We're, when, when we're afraid, we're afraid of the unknown, generally speaking. We don't know what's going to happen when we get on that stage. And we might be able to conjure up in our minds the things that we feel could happen. I could bomb. I might not do well. 
I could forget my speech, all of those things. Those are no, But there's a whole bunch of unknown things that we tend to be afraid of. And I really believe that the way that you address fear of anything, really, but the fear of public speaking is to make it known to yourself. You need to do it a little bit more so that you can understand, okay, when I get up to a podium, when I get up to a microphone, this is what happens, and I don't need to be afraid. But I can learn and I can be confident that this audience that is in front of me, they're on my side. No one, com- no one comes to hear a speech l- hoping to see a train wreck. They come to see a speech because they want to see a great speaker. And you can be a great speaker as you tame down those fears by doing it more and recognizing, oh, okay, this is what happens when I get up here. I don't need to be afraid. Now, nerves is something else entirely. We tend to be nervous when we're not prepared well. And that is something that we can develop. We can prepare, learn to prepare better to deliver our, our material, to pr- deliver our speeches better. We can practice more. We can rehearse in front of a smaller audience. We can, uh, we can join a group like Toastmasters to learn how to get you know, uh, you know, real-time feedback from an audience. There are things that we can do to become more prepared. And when we're more prepared, we are less nervous. And generally what will happen is we'll have a little bit of that butterfly feeling right before we go on. And I call that just a little bit of, it's just a bit of, a, of an adrenaline rush that you can actually use to bring the right level of enthusiasm to your delivery. So really kind of think about, get clear, am I afraid or am I, do I just get nervous? And knowing the difference, you can, make the, you, can, you can do things to kind of conquer one or the other so that you can get out there and start speaking. Mm-hmm. That's so great. I, I haven't ever heard it uh, separated out like the way you did, but it's a beautiful distinction there. And I've always said one of the things that makes people most afraid, and you're saying nervous about speaking in public, is that they've chosen a topic on which they are not an expert. They, and it's not like any topic you could ever know everything there is to know. You can't. But there are topics where you've spent a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of research and training getting to a point where you're really comfortable with this topic to the point where if someone asks you a question you don't know, it actually energizes you. You're like, I have no idea, but I'm going to find out. I'll get back to you. You know, so it's different from when you go up there and you're talking about a topic you are really unsure about, in which case you have a right to be nervous because Mm – um, you absolutely do. <laughs> you, know, you, you maybe it's back to choosing your topic again. You know that maybe isn't quite aligning with what you should be talking. So I so I feel like you know that's so true. And I remember, um, like I I totally agree with you that there is an energy that comes before you speak that can be confused with nerves or anxiety, but it's actually adrenaline, and your body is getting ready to go out in front of a group of people who will literally suck energy from you just Mm -hmm. by nature of how the world is set up. And having that extra oomph when you go out is really a great thing, and it doesn't have to be something that makes you afraid. And then I wanted to just share, too, when I was first playing the piano for groups, and I always say that I don't play, but I, I plunk. I don't. I'm not a great pianist. Now, my daughter, she's a great pianist, but I am not a great pianist. And so I go, and I can play the chords, and I can, I can get through it, and I play for worship you know, services for churches and things like that, but I'm not really a pianist. And when I started going out, I was so, so scared. Oh, my goodness. So, so scared. And I made a lot of really big blunders. I could play it fine at home, but then I'd get there and I'd just really flop it. And I learned that for me when it came to the piano, that if I could just play it in front of anybody, just somebody other than myself, just one of my kids, you know, my neighbor stopped by, can I just play the song for you real quick? Um, I would get that, that initial nerves out and mm-hmm. then I could play it appropriately in front of a group. And so uh, some of these things, I agree with you completely that it's just going to be kind of trial and error. You're going to figure out what works for you as you do it a little bit more. But don't just throw it out because it doesn't seem to come naturally because I don't know other than a few very blessed people that it comes naturally to very many people. (laughs) I think that's true. And if I could just share like just one other little trick that I use and that I give to to speakers who, you know, especially early on, but I, I, I gave a speech last week and I used it. And, and it, it, to me, it's, it, it's become something that um, is very helpful is 
you know, you're there um, preparing for your speech. Your audience is starting to, you know, come into the room and find their seats. Go around and introduce yourself to a few people. Ask their name. Introduce, let them know your name, that you're the speaker for the day. I call that making some friends in the audience. And then when you get up on the stage, you're introduced and you come to the microphone or the podium, you now have some faces out there. You know Lisa and Joe, and you, 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 you've met some people. You've made a few friends, and you can kind of let your eyes kind of bounce on these people that gave you a warm welcome and a handshake. And that sometimes will help, you know, as you're kind of just getting yourself comfortable and acclimated on the stage and in front of this audience to give you just enough so that you can get into your material and feel good about it. So, you know, that's a little trick that I, that I teach to, to people when I do speaker training. Go make some friends. It's a lot easier to speak to your friends. Oh, my God, that's such a great idea. And, of course, sometimes when I do it, I don't tell them I'm the speaker. And then it's a great surprise to see their eyes when I and they <laughs> realize that who they were talking to was the speaker. Another thing to do is make sure that your first part of your speech is really, really well prepared. So you walk out and you're as comfortable with that first uh, with that first, those few, first few paragraphs, you're as comfortable with those as you are with your own bed that you sleep in at night. You're so comfortable that you have nothing to be afraid of. Those first few paragraphs are just rock solid and very comfortable for you to share. We're going to come right back and talk about how to use non-traditional speaking opportunities, creative ways to repurpose your speaker content, and also what you can do to become a better speaker. We'll be right back. There's a huge difference between working for God and allowing God to work through us. My latest book, Flow Through Vessel, explains how to master the habit of letting God flow through our lives. When we try to do everything good for God, we quickly fail. But when we learn how to allow God to flow His life and love through us, we find strength for the day. Check out this new Bible study resource at www.marnie.com. That's www.marnie.com. Welcome back. This hour is flying by with our guest, Aurora Gregory. Aurora, let's talk about some non-traditional speaking opportunities, and maybe we've already addressed this one. I feel like possibly we have. Did you have anything else you wanted to share there? I do. Um, you know, speaking these days has taken on, you know, kind of a, it has a, a broader definition than it has in the past. In the past, you know, speaking was, you know, someone inviting you or you booking yourself as a speaker in front of a live audience. But we have these digital tools these days that can allow us to become speakers to an audience. And so I just want to encourage people to, to consider doing, on a regular basis, things like Facebook Live or YouTube Live, using these live digital video tools to get in front of an audience. It's a great way to practice, number one. Um, and if you don't like the way that your performance went on that video, you can delete it immediately. But it's also a great way to get feedback. And so you can announce on your Facebook page um, in your timeline, hey, I'm going to be going live and talking about this at 2 o'clock. Make sure you show up at 2 o'clock and give a portion of your speech. Let that use it as a tool to keep your skills sharp and to test out some of your material. So it is a very non-traditional speaking, um, speaking method, speaking opportunity, but it's one that you can have anytime you want. So don't be afraid of Facebook Live. Don't be afraid of YouTube Live. Use it and make it work for you. Yeah, I love it. I was thinking just earlier today, I was invited to speak at a telesummit, and that's another kind of non-traditional um, way, but it, it is a group of people that are coming together on a particular topic, and uh, being able to be a speaker there is so, so easy. There's no travel involved. Um, you just get your PowerPoints ready and you go and you do, uh, you do your program. And then there's the feedback that comes in the chat, chat room. So, you know, there's all these ways that are available to us now, even if you don't go and stand on a stage somewhere. Um, what are some creative ways to repurpose our content in order to promote either a book or our business or uh, something like that? Yeah, I, you know, again, we, you know, we are so blessed to live in this time in history where there are digital opportunities, uh, you know, around us to be able to promote our our content and our material. So, one of the things that um, I would encourage you as you're, you know, creating proposals, waiting to hear back, use those same proposals, use those same topics as the basis for pitching yourself as um, a guest blogger 
for for an, for an audience um, to be able to kind of you know put a little bit more of your content out there. You can create a blog post, and if you don't have a blog of your own, use a tool like Medium, Medium.com. You can post content on Medium yourself. You don't you don't have to have a website of your own. You post it there. Um, again, using things like Facebook Live, um, using portions of it to create social media posts and using them on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Pinterest, on Instagram. There are ways to, to use that material to encourage engagement and interaction with, with people who want to hear from you and want to, to know what it is that you have to share. And then you can use that if you have a book or a business or a video course or something, a Bible study that you're, that you're interested in promoting. Use those same tools to, to draw interest into what it is that you have to share and what it is that you have to offer. Um, so often we think, okay, I've got my one sheet or I've got my speaker proposal, and, and, and it just has to live as that. Look, at, for, look for ways and opportunities to take that same content so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel and repurpose it in new and fresh ways so that you can continue to move it out there while you're waiting to find out if you're going to get a chance to speak on it somewhere. Mm, great. Also, if you have a book, in your book there's probably call-out boxes that have little phrases that the editor or the publisher has felt like were you know, key points or quotables. Those are wonderful to make into just a Twitter a Twitter feed post. Otherwise, also you could take them and put them with some artwork that you have uh, free license to or that you've bought, and you can put your quote on there and then have your website name on the bottom. So a lot of the things, once you write it up, once you've done the work of getting it all edited and getting it all wordsmithed, then go ahead and reuse those to continue to uh, share your message and also develop relationships with people that you don't already have those with. You have a couple tips here for us at the end, what we can do to become a better speaker. Yep. So I mentioned just briefly earlier about Toastmasters, and I'm a big fan of Toastmasters clubs um, because their whole goal, their whole focus is about helping people develop good public speaking skills. And Public speaking is a skill. You can learn it. And so if you're, if you're wanting to get better as a speaker, look into Toastmasters because I think it's so fantastic. Now, if it's not in your budget or not in your area for you to be able to engage with a, a Toastmasters club, don't be afraid to assemble um, an audience of your own, friends, family, friends of friends. Invite them to your house. Get a small room at a restaurant where everyone pays for their own lunch. You get up and give your speech. Try your content out on an audience. Practice it in front of people and invite them to give feedback. Um, pick up their dessert as a thank you. But in, you know, give yourself those opportunities to get feedback. Um, if you can't do that, videotape yourself giving your speech and send it to a few friends and ask them to give you the honest feedback. You know, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Your friends will tell you the truth if you give them permission. Um, but look for ways to become a better speaker. All of us can improve. I feel like I'm constantly improving um, the delivery of speeches that I've, you know, that I've given for the last year or so. I'm constantly looking for better ways to deliver that content to an audience. It's, it should be a goal for all of us to become better at what we do. Mm, I love that. One of the things that I'm going to encourage you guys to consider adding to every presentation is some type of audience participation, especially if you call on someone to come and be a, um, to assist you on the platform with something. Every person in the audience walks up there with your volunteer. <laughs> it's, it's just an amazing, it's an amazing way to get the attention back from wandering minds uh, because everyone feels just the, the little butterflies that your volunteer is feeling as she's walking up or he's walking up and doesn't know what's going to happen next. And, you know, and, and just to see this, this uh, other person up there, I really have found that that is one of the very best ways to make sure that your audience is with you 
is to actually literally include them. And it can be something where you don't have someone come on the platform with you, but that you actually have them turn to their neighbor and give a response or something like that. When you include them, even in large settings, in large audiences, when you include someone from the audience or them all, that is a wonderful way to become a better speaker. And the reason is because you're acknowledging that it's not only about you, but that they're actually there. And that seems obvious, but Aurora, just, just give me your feedback on that for a moment. It's absolutely true. From the moment that you begin conceiving your speech, from the moment you start thinking about your topic, and I like to say that the, you know, the speech starts when you start planning your topic, you have to have your audience in mind. And they need to know that. It will come through in your, in your delivery of your material if you, if, you didn't, if you don't have them in mind, if you're not concerned with what right. they are getting out of this. It will come through in your delivery. So you absolutely want to make sure that in every, every part of your, of your presentation that the audience understands, I'm here for you. I'm here to give you something that will make your life better, your business better, your, help you achieve goals, un, help you get unstuck. I'm, I'm here for you, and I want to be here for you. I'm glad to be here for you. Um, they need to understand that. And if, and if you can make that true by having participation, by engagement, um, it will go a long way to, to, to reinforcing that with them, and, the, and your audience will be much more receptive. Absolutely. And I love it when that happens when I'm in the audience and I'm watching a, a speaker or presenter do that, uh, give an illustration or use someone from the audience. It just, it just brings everything to life even more than an animated speaker could do without mm-hmm. it. Aurora, this hour has flown by. You guys, I want to encourage you to go visit her website, auroragregory.com. When they get over there at Aurora, what are they going to find? Well, you know, as you shared uh, when you introduced me, I'm a marketing educator and a business coach. And to me, marketing is very, it's very understandable. I understand what it is. But for so many people, whether you're in ministry or in marketing, marketing just seems so mysterious. And for some, it's just kind of a bad word, like, ugh, marketing, I hate marketing. And that's not true. Marketing is really about um, con- connecting your audience with an audience that needs to hear or to buy what it is that you have to offer. And so you have to be able to do that in a way that is, is honoring of that audience, is respectful of that audience. And so what you'll find at my website is a lot of education, um, whether it's blog posts or other um, course content that will teach you how to do that, how to um, find the right way to connect with your audience, whether that's through um, being a guest on a podcast, giving a speech, um, pitching yourself for traditional media opportunities. All of those marketing tools are what I want to be able to help people um, become less fearful of, take the mystery away from them, and teach them how to use them. One of the things that I offer on that website is um, kind of a free guide and a worksheet um, to help you learn what the needs of your audience is. What, is what, what do they need? And how does what you offer connect with that need so that you can connect with them better? When we connect better, we build better relationships. When we have better relationships with our audience, we can, we can move our business forward more effectively. And that's what you'll find at my website. Oh, fantastic. Well, this has been such a great hour, and you've shared awesome content with us, everything from uh, how to select hot topics to five things to create the irresistible speaker proposal and so much more. Thank you so much for being here, Aurora. I have loved every minute of it. Thank you so much, Marnie. (laughs) Well, thank you. And thank you guys for being here. We just can't have a show without listeners and participants. I'm so grateful to have you along. If you would like to listen to the archives of this show, you can just go to Marnie's friends.com and uh, then we have they're available at blog talk radio stitcher itunes and all over the web and if you want to share the show on your own website go to blogtalkradio.com marnie's friends and you can just download a player box so that you can share marnie's friends with all of your friends online and thank you so much for being here i look forward to seeing you again next time and until then have a great day
ready to experience your best life possible and share biblical success principles with others? Register for the SPI Coach Certification Program today. SPI, or S-P-I, stands for Success Principles Intensive. It's a six-hour online program that equips you to fully comprehend and train biblical success principles. You can check it out today over at Marnie.com. It's available as part of the mentorship program, or you can buy it as a standalone certification program. Learn more now at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com.